listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! Welcome to Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. It's going to be a great party today because we have a great party guest. Dusty Rainbow coming with her many cats. And today, for Halloween, I think she's coming with some ghost cats too. So I'll be talking to you about ghost cats, ghost dogs, and how you can experience a pet ghost in your life, where you can go to find them, and how you can capture them if it happens to you, what to expect. We'll also cover some costume tips and safety tips for Halloween, some things you might not know about. And we'll talk to Dusty about a cat who jumps on the counter and knocks everything and tries to get attention that way. Does that sound familiar to you? Well, listen up and you'll learn how to solve that when we come back to the party. Right now, let's go listen to a word from our sponsors. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to TeachersPetSessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Want to know what cats like to eat for breakfast? Mice Krispies, of course. Learn everything there is to know about cats on Catitude with your host, Tom Doc. Each week, we'll spotlight a cool cat breed, give up-to-date advice on cat health, and check out spiffy new cat products. So curl up on the couch every week for a perfectly enjoyable time on Catitude. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! Welcome back to the Animal Party. Party with me and Dusty Rainbow, author of Cat Wrangling Made Easy, which is one of my favorite cat books. It's all about how to get your cats to get along when there's more than one of them in the house. How to make sure you don't have stained carpets and uh, cat wars over the curtains and other things. But we're not really going to talk about that today, although I will give her some of your email questions, so we'll get some cat problems solved. But I do want to talk to her about another book she wrote called Ghost Cats. And that gives some really 
spooky stories about cats who've come back from the dead. Cats and dogs, only the people weren't scared at all. They were comforted. And um, the book's all about cat ghosts, but we've got some dog ghost stories and even a horse ghost story to share with you today. So if you ever had a cat or dog you loved and lost and wish you could see again, then today's the show for you. So welcome to the show, Dusty. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, it's always great to have you. And today we're going to talk about ghost cats. But before we do that, I just want to ask you a quick email question. We had one come in asking us about Lex, who's also known as Dennis the Menace, because he gets up every night and he goes up on the counter and where they have all these pictures and breakables and lovely things, plants, he starts knocking them over, knocking them over, knocking them over, trying to get his owner's attention. So... It's not the typical counter-begging food scenario. They've got a perch for him, and they feed him up high somewhere else, and it's not really about food, but he's a nuisance at night. What can they do? Well, uh, I have a couple of suggestions. One of my favorites is a product called SCAT, and that's S-S-S-C-A-T, and uh, that's pressurized air on a motion detector. I've never seen a cat that could tolerate that sound because hissing is a, a very um, menacing sound to a cat, so they don't like to deal with that. The other thing I would suggest, uh, well, since it's Halloween, and I think I stole this from you, uh, using the little <laughs> Halloween scary things the, the, on a motion detector that have the screams and the yells and such. That's awesome. And if you wait a couple of days, you can get them for 75 or 90% off if they're still available. So, uh, you know, I used to tell people to get a few because then you can rotate them. Um, and then if one breaks, you still have them. Put them away. You can always use them next year in Halloween if your cat gets over the issue. But that's a great way to go because I think what you're trying to do is avoid spraying them with water, which is what most people... Yeah, would. that doesn't generally work. The other thing I would suggest, since it sounds like a, a little bit of a mischief boredom thing, I'd take up all his food. I would put down a treat ball and put his food in there so he has to work. I would also play with him just uh, right before you go to bed and play with him until he's so tired he's just ready to fall over. And the normal routine for a cat is they hunt, they kill, they eat, they groom, and then they sleep. So if he plays, 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 then he feeds, then he'll go to sleep for a while. But also put the, the food in the, the treat ball so he'll have something to do during the night if he wakes up. So, so life's been too easy. He's bored out of his mind. Okay, so I think that'll help our listener. I think so. And, uh, and it's so much nicer than, you know, doing the negative reinforcement. You've got to figure out why is your cat jumping up on this counter and knocking over the pictures? Is that the only way he can get exercise? Is that the only way he can get your attention? Okay, so maybe you've got to come up with a way that you do like, like start playing with a long, long feather, and eventually he'll bring the feather to you when he wants attention. Stuff like that, right? That's a great idea, exactly. And, and yeah, when he, he, when he wants attention, wear him out. Uh, I have a saying, a tired cat is a good cat. Most oh, of the that's time. funny. I say the same thing about a dog. Uh, and so many people, they want Prozac for their Jack Russells and their Border Collies because they want them to sit quietly and watch TV. And it's like, you know what? Go for a run, and then that dog will sit quietly while you watch TV. You don't need exactly. Prozac. You don't need anything. <laughs> okay, so let's go uh, to Ghost Cats. Now, I know, let's just start this right off. You had an experience yourself. Let's, can you tell us, please, about the ghost cat that you encountered? Sure. Now, you have to remember, I was a total skeptic. I didn't believe in ghosts. I didn't believe in paranormal experience. 
And uh, my husband and I had a foster kitten that we adopted. His name was Maynard. He had um, he was hydrocephalic. He had water on the brain, and he lived to be eight months old, which is really old for a hydrocephalic cat. Um, anyway, while we were out of town, my best friend called me and said, "Oh, he's he's." We, we have to put him to sleep. I could hear him screaming in the background. Oh. The, vet, the vet was saying, yes, it's now's the time. You know, we can't try any of the treatments you've tried. You've just got to put him out of his misery. And so I gave permission to do it and um, came home. And, you know, there was a big void in my life. But life moved on, and I got new foster cats that, that kind of filled that time. And a month later... I was awake. I'd gone to bed, but I was sitting there looking at the wall like I do for <laughs> an hour or so before I can go to sleep. And um, I felt a cat jump up on, on the bed. And then I felt the little paw prints as, they, as it moved over to my feet. And then it laid on my feet. And that was the place where Maynard had always laid. You know, each cat has their own little place at night. Mm-hmm. And Maynard laid on my feet. Well, I was shocked. There was enough light coming through the, the window, enough moonlight, that I could see there wasn't a cat there. But I did you feel a- warmth or just the weight? What were you feeling? Just the pressure. Just the pressure. pressure. No, okay. I, I didn't feel warmth. But I was afraid to move because I, I knew who it was, even though I didn't believe in that type of thing. I mean, there was nobody else that would sit on my feet. Everything was just like Maynard's little personality. So I laid there for the longest time enjoying the feel of this kitten one last time. And I finally fell asleep with him on my feet, and the next day it was gone. And, it, you know, that's been 10 years. It's never uh, happened again. Well, okay. We're going to break for our sponsors right now. But when we come back, I'm going to ask you, if people out there really want to reach a pet ghost, or if they think they have one or they've seen one, what should they do? So we're going to cut away to our sponsors, and uh, don't miss this party. Come on back, and if you've got a ghost, bring it to the party. Ghost welcome at this animal party. All right, so now a word from our sponsors. Thanks. Don't go anywhere, because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Give your dog some thought with Dog Thoughts. It's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. Now, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Greetings, human. What planet am I on? 
Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Dusty Rainbolt, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go! Hello! We're back to the party. We're back, and thank you to our sponsors for keeping this show running. All right, come to the party. Enjoy yourself. Grab some kibble. Grab some cat chow. Listen up. We're going to be talking about ghosts. In particular, we're going to be asking Dusty. She just told us about a ghost she encountered of a cat she loved. And she hasn't seen it. It's been 10 years since the the moment she had this experience. So what can we do if we want to have an experience like this? And what do you do when you try? What, what do you think works? Why do you think he came to you in the first place? Well, I know this sounds so cliche-ish, but I think he just came to say goodbye. Now, I, I've had people say that they thought, oh, well, you know, you were so deep in mourning. This was a month later. You know, if, I, if he had come the day after we got home, after our trip, I would say, yeah, that's possible. But this was a month later. Like I said, I was getting on with my life. I had new foster kittens that I had to deal with. So I really think it was the real thing. Now, I don't know if we can draw them back. It's been 10 years, and I have so wanted to see other kitties and haven't. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that they weren't there. Um, I lost another cat who was 19 and a half, and for a couple of days I thought I heard her voice, and I thought I saw her out of the corner of my eyes. Now, again, I just discounted that, just as probably most people do, but seeing cats out of the corner of your eye, that's, that's normally what you see, because the eye, since we were predators, but we were also prey back in, in our evolving days, our eyes have the most excuse me, they're, they're most sensitive on the... the to uh, movement. 
peripheral, yes. Mm -hmm. And so when you see movement, uh, when you see something out of your peripheral vision, it's possible that that's really a ghost because you don't have the visual sensitivity straight on that you do to the side. And so I know you've said to me before, if you see something like that, grab a camera and take some pictures because you might actually get an image or an orb or something. I know when we're talking to Dusty Rainbow, author of Ghost Cats, I know you say in the book that it's not always a visual. Some ghosts come as smells or sounds. or it, Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, uh, from the stories I've gotten from other people, ghosts tend to appear to all the senses. You know, of course, uh, you, you see them out of the corner of your eye. That was the most common experience that people, that the, the cat jumping on the bed, because I think that's the most common way that people interact with their living cats. Uh, they smell the fur. They hear the bell the, or the collar or, you know, with a dog, they hear the, the clicking toenails uh, okay, so I want to interject here because I had an yes. experience and at first I just thought it was me. I hadn't heard of your book. This is years and years ago. I'd had a dog a long, long time, a wolf cross named Mike. And a few days after he passed, when I was driving the minivan and there was no dog, no animals at all, nothing whatsoever in the back, I could hear him on his perch. I had a chair, like a little bench built into the block that blocked all the dogs from the front of the vehicle. And there was this bench and he used to lie there. And he was kind of the breaker between me and everybody else, lording over everybody. Anyway, I could hear the sound of his chain just making the jingle, jingle, jingle right where he would be. And this kept happening. And I thought, man, my memory's playing tricks on me. This is what I want to hear or I'm used to hearing or I'm in the habit of hearing. But now, I'm after reading your book, I'm wondering, did he, was it him? Well, there are two types of ghosts, and I have no doubt that you had a paranormal experience. One type is basically like a video recording. The event has happened so many times that it's sort of recorded into the air or the car or the room or whatever. And then there's, there's the intelligent haunting that, you know, uh, it responds to you. It jumps up on the bed and lays down on your feet. So uh, I have no doubt that what you were experiencing was a ghost. Whether it was uh, an intelligent haunting or not, I don't know. But it sounds like he came back to say goodbye. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, in your book, there's so many. And some of them really struck me because, like in this one case, and I hope I'm getting this right. Please, please elaborate. I'll just set you off on it. I'll just start you off. Where this child goes to... I think it's a hotel, and he doesn't know anything about the story, but he thinks he's sitting petting a cat, and he goes up to the concierge and says, you know, what's the name of the cat? And they say, what cat? And he describes the cat, and they're all freaked out because this is supposedly a cat that died years, and <laughs> it's, not, it's not alive anymore. So the kid had been petting a ghost cat. And I think there's stories like that all through your book that are just makes you really... It's hard to be a skeptic when you've got stuff like that going on. So can you tell us some of the things in your book that might really surprise a skeptic? Well, uh, that particular incident was at the Crescent Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And they had a cat, 22 years old. His name was Morris. He was, uh, urban legend says he was one of the Morris the Cats from the Frisbee's <laughs> Okay. Pleasant. But uh, he had... Because he was so old, they had signs up all over the place, don't pet the cat. I mean, come on, poor cat's 21 years old. And they right. especially didn't want children petting him because children are a little bit rougher. 
Well, this one little girl had been, uh, Morris always sought her out when, when she came. And he would jump up on her lap and she would pet his head. And, well, she came and they, they had this picture of Morris that they hadn't had up there before. And Morris jumped up on her lap and she pet him and then he left. And she came over and said, what's this picture? What's, you know, because it had whatever the date was, birth and death. And she said, what's that? And they said, well, Morris died a year ago. And yeah, and so she thought she was petting a live cat, but she wasn't. She felt his fur. She, you know, she, talk about an intelligent haunting. And uh, she was really shocked to find out that that wasn't, the live Morris, that that's the ex-Morris, so to speak. Now, another really cool hotel, uh, it's a a place in California, and I can look it up for you if you're interested. It's a a haunted bed and breakfast, and by the way, I just wanted to let you know that there is a, um, there's a haunted travel guide in there. So, (laughs) different hotels and bed and breakfast that you can go to that have uh, ghost cats. It's so a, if, you, if you'd like this, if you really want to check this out and you think, you know, I want to see a ghost cat. I want to smell the litter, so to speak, because there is one story <laughs> like that. But if you want to pet a cat that's a ghost or see one or have, have a paranormal experience, then get the book and check out the Haunted Travel Guide. It's, it covers all over America. So there's lots does, of different yeah. places. And there's some that won't cost you. Isn't there a library or a museum in there as well? It's not just hotels, yeah. right? All kinds of places. Oh, great. Okay. So... Um, you told me also that, uh, and I have a few dog. See, the thing that bothers me about this whole thing is in my work, in your work, you know, like you were saying, when, when Maynard came to you, you'd already been fostering more kittens. You, you get on with life. You've got a lot of dogs and cats in your life, and me too. And my personal dogs, the ones that actually live with me and work with me, I'm really, really attached to them. And yet, I've never had any of them, except for what I just told you about the chain, mm-hmm. I've never had any of them come to me. But I've had a few experiences like this, only I didn't choose which dogs. I want to reach out to the dog I'm, you know, I'm missing the most, the one that just died. And I'm, when I get experiences, it's like somebody else's dog that I haven't seen in four years. But not my, you know, beautiful dog that I just lost that I'm still grieving for. So the whole thing about willing it to happen and wanting it to happen, if only, I wish I could make it happen. But, um... So recently, I told you, my, my dog passed in June, June 18th, and a few weeks after that, my son came in in the morning to wake us up, and he woke me up and a little bit later said, you know, Mom, Mom, why was Squeak under the bed today? And I said, no, honey, you're just imagining it. Squeak died. She's not lying under the bed. He said, no, no, she was really there. And then a few days later, he thought he saw her again in the hallway, running through the hallway. And I want to see Squeak, so that makes me so envious of the experience my son had but also it's hard to be skeptical when a six-year-old tells you this with no prompting and there's no exaggeration and there's nothing in it about robots or transformers or anything else that usually (laughs) comes into his stories you know like it just seems so real and I I know there's kids in the book and that kind of backs up the idea that this might really be happening absolutely and and children are more sensitive to these things they don't have the, the filters that we have i mean as i said i was a a complete skeptic and you know children don't automatically say oh this isn't for real they're more open to what they're seeing 
I'm a skeptic even when it happens to me. Like, even when it happens to me, I wrote it off as my memory playing tricks or my son making up a story or, you know. And then this other time, the two other times, and there's only two other times in all, and I'm talking hundreds of dogs. Like I was saying to you the other day, in the year 2000, a hundred kittens were rescued and cats were rescued and trapped, spayed, neutered, readopted, and it took over two years. So, I mean, I'm talking a lot of animals in my life. So, for me to only have four experiences ever, one of them happening to my son, not myself. I mean, it's really few and far between. But the two experiences I had in both cases, when I called the people to ask them, you know, what's going on? Why am I having these, this situation with your dog? The dog had just died in both cases, just died and I didn't know. So that's what made me kind of move it over from the category of, I don't believe this to, oh my God, <laughs> what's going on here, you know? And I think that's common in your book, isn't it? It is. Where it just died. And so many of these people were skeptics as we were. There was one of my favorite stories in the whole book. There was a cat named Grungy. And um, he belonged to a family in California. The the woman who told me the story is is an evangelical hospice chaplain. And she was an orthopedic surgeon uh, during her professional career. Anyway... um, she was providing hospice care for her son's mother-in-law who was dying of ovarian cancer. And the woman obviously was uh, in the, the last days of life and uh, she had gone into a, a um, coma. Well, when she woke up for a short time before she died, they said, Mom, Mom, where were you? What were you doing? And she said, Oh, I was having tea with Elaine, and Grungy was there. Well, Elaine was her sister who had died several years earlier, and Grungy was uh, the family's cat. And she says, oh, honey, Mama, Grungy's fine. He's at home, and Elaine died. Well, she said, you know, I don't care what you say. I was having tea with Elaine and Grungy. She went back into another coma and died. But when they got home that day, they found Grungy. He'd somehow gotten out of the house, and he'd been hit by a car. Oh, my God. So he was dead, too. So she was going in and out. Yes. (gasps) Wow. It was a a near-death experience, but she was in a coma. She had, you know, it wasn't the lack of heartbeat or respiration, but she was kind of getting a preview. So that that uh, as a matter of fact I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps telling that story. I think that's probably one of the most chilling stories and also comforting. I'm so comforted by that. Yes, that one makes gives me more questions than answers. That's one of those ones that goes, "Wait a minute." You know, when I have to rethink a lot of things. But um I wanted to ask you this is I found it disturbing when I read your book. So I want to ask you about this because when I've talked to you since it ha- you've, the way you explain it isn't as disturbing. What's with the ghosts that come back missing body parts? Okay. When I first was reading your book and people are describing how their beloved, you know, orange tabby or beautiful gray Persian or whatever came back, but it was just his head. I found that really disconcerting, but you, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so can you explain that to people? Because in case people do encounter a pet ghost, and it's missing something, or is only the head? That's not unusual, right? Well, uh, now, in my book, the, I think there were two or three stories where there were animals with missing heads. And as it turns out, those were not their pets. These were strays, basically. 
that okay. uh, showed up at their house or they moved into the house and, and there were cat ghosts or whatever. So fortunately, these were not their own pets. But uh, you were telling me about the pet under the bed and that your son said... Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my son said it, but I couldn't see her head, Mom. Where was her head? And I, I was like trying to... Hoping that um, her head was not missing because that would horrify him and scare him. I was hoping, in fact, that her head was, I don't know, covered by blankets or something. So I made that. I said, oh, maybe her head was covered by blankets. And he said, no, it wasn't, Mom. It just wasn't there, Mom. So that was a little bit alarming. But you, you kind of explained that it might have been there. It might have been there, but if he if he was under the bed, maybe she uh, she was floating a couple of inches, and the head was actually where the bed is. They're not constrained by time and space like we are. So uh, you know they walk through walls. Yeah, they walk through walls. Her head could have been in the floor, or in the ceiling, or in the bed, or wherever. It exactly. doesn't really matter. Or just not visible, you know, sometimes you don't see the whole, you know, you hear the ghost stories where you see the ghost floating or there aren't any legs or you just see the the upper part of the body. That may not be visible. So, you know, it's not anything to necessarily freak about. It doesn't sound like he was too terribly upset. Oh, no. He just didn't understand why, you know, where, how is she there? He was happy (laughs) about it. He wasn't upset about it at all. It's just a question. It was so unloaded. That's why I knew he wasn't making it up. It was just so neutral. He was just asking a question, like, why did we paint the wall blue, Mom? You know, just very... And I, I pulled over. I was in the car when he asked me. <laughs> He'd already asked my husband earlier, and then he asked me, and I was in the car. I was like, because, you know, you're grief-stricken when you miss an animal, and I want to see her so badly. So what can I do to make it possible? Like, I don't know. Is I know you've said in, that I should watch for cold spots. Is that correct? Yes. Well, okay, now there's a difference. Um, you're asking what can you do to make it possible. I don't know what you can do. You can talk to her and tell her that you would like to see her and you know, feel free to visit. But how can you tell if she is visiting? Well, there are cold spots. Again, uh, you sense ghosts appeal to almost all of our senses. I've never heard of anybody who has tasted a ghost. And, you know, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> But, you know, you see, feel, smell, touch. And so, you know, the cold spot, the the theory is that they are pulling energy from the surrounding area and producing a cold area. You know, uh, again, seeing them out of the corner of your eye or, or hearing the toenails or the jangling collar or the little bell or even a, a meow or a bark, you might be able to experience that. There's a really beautiful song. Um, I know you've heard it because I've played it for you. It's by Edie Brickell, and it's called Ghost of a Dog. And if mm-hmm. anybody out there is listening right now, look it up, listen to it. The lyrics are, um, I'm going to hopefully get them right. Uh, how can that dog be barking at the back door? We ran over him years ago. How can that dog be lying by the shady tree? We ran over him years ago. And it goes on, Ghost of a Dog Flying Through the Backyard. And it's so beautiful and haunting and I know whoever wrote that song, it might be Edie, it might be a writer, whoever wrote that song has had this experience. I know it. It sounds like it, absolutely. The, the other thing you can do is when you do feel the cold spot, when you see the, the um, image out of the corner of your eye, when you hear the jangling uh, collar, get the camera out. Another mm-hmm. way is with dowsing rods. And, you know, again, I was a huge skeptic, but... I've gotten some really cool pictures as a result of dowsing rods. 
go to your, and they're so cheap too. Go to your closet, take some regular cheap coat hangers from the the uh, dry cleaners, uh, cut them into L's, cut them and bend them into L's, uh, short ones, <laughs> not the whole right. thing. Okay. The theory is that they will cross when a spirit is present, and so you know if if you're sitting there thinking about them and they cross, then um, take a picture. Okay. You might be surprised at what you see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because it's Halloween and you're with me on air, I'm going to ask you to give a how-to tip. But before we do, let's give some safety tips. So, people, watch out. We don't want chocolate out there. If you're going to have dogs around, then don't give chocolate. Give something else because chocolate is dangerous to dogs and they'll get into it. And Also, cats. xylitol. Any, any of the sugar-free gums or whatever that contains xylitol yeah. is also toxic to dogs and cats. So keep dogs on a leash. I suggest you keep cats in a separate room. Get the room established ahead of time. Put catnip in there, their toys, their cat scratch, all the things they love. Get kids to go in there and visit them. Put a sign on the door that says, keep door closed, cat inside, especially if your cat is black because people do terrible things to black cats this time of year. So keep your black cat in and safe. And get a good idea on everybody. If your dog is out and about, have a leash on him and one grown-up in charge of him. Have a good idea on him. And just keep in mind that this is not a pet's favorite night. Fireworks are dangerous and scary. Traffic is terrible. People trespassing door-to-door when a dog's supposed to keep them away. People with parents, so not just kids. And even the kids are dressed up funny and... That's where the cats come in, right? They want to ingest those bits that come off the costumes. Absolutely. So be really careful. Well, yeah. and one other thing about taking dogs trick-or-treating, I know it sounds like a lot of fun and it's cute and everything, but people put costumes on them. That's uncomfortable. And also, you know, the people in costumes are threatening to them. So that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. I don't well, and, yeah, dogs. unless you have, there's really, really rare dog. The really rare dog that never barks at anybody, doesn't protect your home at all, ever, not even from the mailman or the paper boy, is absolutely oblivious to all of this, and is also not a garbage gut, is not the kind of dog who eats everything he finds off the floor. So now we're really talking a small group of dogs, because most mm-hmm. dogs are one or the other. They either eat everything and love everybody, or, <laughs> or they don't even eat everything, but they will protect your house. Because like I say, I mean... If let's just take a you know your dog is really reasonable and well behaved and all that, but in the middle of crowded block of kids and people and teenagers, maybe there's some kids who are too old to be trick or treating, but they're out with a baseball hat and they're trying to pull pranks and they're acting mischievously. You know they're they're out of line and your dog knows it. Or maybe there's a fight that breaks out. People have been drinking. Or maybe there's some kids who aren't coming home when they're supposed to and mom's getting angry and dad marches off to get them. All this stuff can be misunderstood by a dog. Not to mention just the cars squealing. Firecrackers, fireworks. Sometimes people think it's funny to throw something like that toward a dog. So you don't want him out there where he's going to be a target. Just let him stay home. And if he is going to mind the door, make sure the candy and all the junk is well out of the way. And there has to be one grown-up in charge of the dog on a leash with a collar that fits. And the other grown-up gives away the candy and deals with kids. And I would strongly suggest you rake up your yard before you let your pets out in it the next day because you don't know what's going to be there especially when it comes to those little bits of costume. If you have a cat who ingests a little bit of a witch costume or something like that, you're probably looking at a $2,000 vet bill, and the cat might not make it. So it's pretty serious. So we we really want to be careful, right, Dusty? Absolutely. Ditto. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think I wanted to talk today a little bit more about some of the news and the politics. So I think I will on my next show. But I just wanted to... 
to say happy Halloween to everybody. And if there's anything you want to wish them, Dusty? Well, have a, a safe Halloween and um, keep your kitties in, as, as you said about the black cats. Uh, it's not a good time for white cats either. And, no? uh, and uh, you know, look around. Maybe you'll get to see an old friend. That's right. If you want to see a ghost and you want to learn more about this, pick up Ghost Cats. You can read the stories in the book and get an idea of how it might happen or where you might want to go to check out, have your own ghost cat experience. And like we said, there's libraries. There's places where you don't have to spend a lot of money and you might just uh, get to have something paranormal happen to you, something friendly. Because I think you told me there's an, all of these situations are not menacing. They're all experienced as positive by the people. Well, the, the only thing that was frightening, I thought, were the stories that were from the perspective of children, because mm-hmm. children have a different way of viewing things like this, so they don't really know what's going on, and it's, it's a little frightening to them, so consequently the story is a little bit intimidating. But, you know, if you have a strange person in your house, that's terrifying, because a person can do awful things to you, dead or alive. That person is not supposed to be in your house. But a cat is a cat. I mean, even the most vicious cat in the world isn't really capable of hurting you. I mean, he can hurt you, but he can't kill you. And so consequently, when we see a cat ghost or even a a, a pet dog ghost, it's got a whole different perception. And they're not frightening like human ghosts are. So... uh, I look forward to my next experience. I don't know if I'll ever have another one, but I kind of hope I do. (laughs) I hope you do, too. I hope we both do. And then we'll come back next year and talk about it. I saved a couple stories. I didn't tell them about Muriel, and I didn't tell them about Rudy. Rudy came to me in the middle of the night and uh, with a warning, a warning about a bridge on our farm. And uh, it was just his head, and I was dreaming. And there was this, I could hear it. He wasn't talking in English. He was barking. But I could... I'm getting a little choked up. I could totally hear what he was saying. I knew what he was saying. He was saying, stay off the bridge, stay off the bridge. And Rudy was a collie. So when I woke up the next morning, I thought, you know what? This is just my mind creating a collie lassie image to give me an idea in my dream. You know, I kind of wrote it off in that way. And then I wrote it off another way. And then finally, I decided I'm just just Timmy in the well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. This is like my my own psyche here. So I thought, you know what, though, I'll go check the bridge. So I walked all the way to the back acre beyond the dog areas and over the river. And oh, my God, the bridge is gone. Like it's the rivers come over. It's smashed in half. Half of it's floating away. It's it's a disaster area. It's never happened before. So I get back to the house and I'm thinking, wait a minute. So I call Rudy's owners and they tell me that Rudy just died a few days earlier. And that, you know, okay, I can't be a skeptic anymore. Not when I've got a message like that from my friend Rudy. So thanks, Rudy. And uh, I hope you all check out Ghost Cats. And thanks for coming in today, Dusty. It's been a great show with Dusty Rainbolt, author of Cat Wrangling Made Easy and Ghost Cats. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I look forward to our next talk. And and, uh, everybody have a safe and happy Halloween. Okay, everyone. So on my next show, well, I won't tell you what's coming up next, but I will tell you that in the next few weeks, I'm going to have a whole bunch of shows, including we'll be talking to a pet psychic. Now, when I have him on depends somewhat on when you all send me your pet pictures. you got to take a picture of your dog or cat looking toward the camera so we can see both eyes and well lit so we can actually see the expression and see into the eyes. And then I want you to send me that picture with the subject heading, 
psychic pet readings. Now, he doesn't like to be called a psychic, but this is the only way I'm able to, uh, to get it all organized. So send me your pictures of your favorite pets with their eyes showing, well lit, looking good. Let me see that expression. Got to see both eyes and the face of the pet. Send them to me at Deborah at Pet Life Radio, D-E-B-O-R-A-H at PetLifeRadio.com with the subject heading Animal Readings. And uh, I'll be uh, able to bring you a reading of your pet at the next party. So have a very safe and happy Halloween. Party on, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.